Welcome to Daz with Nerdy Ambitions, your go-to source for nerd knowledge in the 21st century. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and join with me again. For some reason, she decided to come back. Uh, I think she had way too much fun. Uh, the wonderful, the adorable. Uh, I, f- I found this out. I say impeccable a lot during the podcast, so I'm going to not say the word impeccable. Shut up, David. I'm about to introduce you to. But Mr. Drinking Knox game now. Here. Yeah, drinking right. Game. And I... and the uh, counting the rude <laughs> when I'm trying to set up the episode, Mr. David Perry. Uh, Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being back here on the show. Um, we have a fun episode tonight. We are going to be talking about the adorable show that is on Disney Plus, Ms. Marvel, as well as kind of delving into because this this episode is inspired by not only Ms. Marvel, but just like nerd culture in itself. Uh, but it's the cultural inclusion that is happening in our culture, our nerd culture. Uh, the fandom itself, we're seeing a lot of change and I, I kind of want to talk a little bit. I want to dabble on it a little bit. I think that would be a really fun episode because Ms. Marvel does a lot of those things. And we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but, I, you know, we're going to do the thing that we always do at the beginning of every episode. So we're going to go ahead and we'll start off with Mr. David Perry. David, welcome to the show again. And what have you been up to, good sir? Uh, well, I've been getting ready to go on Galactic Star Cruiser. Sure. I don't know if I've mentioned I, that. I changed my mind. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm working on some costumes for that. Uh, Are you? Yes. Did you take any advice from uh, Kate when she was on? Did you did you do anything different, or you did you or do you get in the uh, the flesh toned ones? I I can't get the flesh toned uh, like who in time that because she's like three months out. Uh, uh, so I've been doing a little bit of makeup testing and trying to work that out. Not very successfully. Um, we'll see. And then uh, the other big thing that I did we we went and saw Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, how did you like that? I was supposed to go see that, but I haven't yet. I liked, I liked it. Now, you have to like Taika Waititi movies. He's a god. He's an amazing. And, and you have to kind of buy into the absurdity of some of the things that he does, mm. um, as opposed to other Marvel directors, mm. um, because there are a lot of things in Love and Thunder that are. I thought they were funny. My wife thought they were stupid. And there's well, some recurring your wife and gag. I can't be friends. <laughs> well, <laughs> in, in all honesty, they were kind of stupid, but they were so stupid. They're kind of funny that, for that example, the genius of comedy. <laughs> I, I, I fully agree. What about the, but, what, like, did she see, what did she think of Thor Ragnarok when he's like jing from the chain and he's just slowly spinning and he goes, hold on, hold on. I got to turn around. I'm not controlling right, this. Right. It's, it's, it's the absurdity of a Taika Waititi movie. And, mm. and like I said, as, as long as you can buy into that, you'll be fine. But I don't, you know, from the trailers, I, you, do you see the screaming goats? Yes. Okay. You have to really think the screaming goats are funny because there are a lot of the screaming goats. And okay. if you don't think the screaming goats are funny, it gets really old really fast. <laughs> okay. So you, you just have to. And the other thing is uh, the way he, the way Taika Waititi directs it, um, uh, some of the actors play in a very hammy and over the top way. Mm. in a way that they might not for another director which Mm. is and he is one of the few directors i think that has brought a very clear vision and they've let him go into the mcu whereas some other directors they've kind of had to toe the line in terms of of how they make a marvel movie Uh, i thought that about shang chi um 
I thought that about, you know, like Kenneth Branagh made the first Thor movie, mm. but you very, they very clearly make an MCU movie. Um, and there's a lot of that going on. I, you know, another thing that has also come up and we might talk about this later is that a lot of people I think got spoiled by Endgame, mm. and they think, Oh, you know, after Endgame, every MCU movie is a disappointment. Well, Endgame what didn't come about on its own. It was built up over 22 movies leading into it. And so now, whether it's Multiverse of Madness or it's, you know, Love and Thunder or Spider-Man, you know, No Way Home or some of the MCU TV shows, you kind of don't see the threads as they weave together. And it doesn't look like there's a plan, but there has to be um, yeah. because it's they're leading into phase five. Marvel phase four is almost over and they're leading into phase five. And it's, you know, the, um, Loki set up uh, he who remains as uh, the big bad for uh, or Kang the Conqueror, not he yeah, who Kang Conqueror. set up Kang the Conqueror as the big bad. And so, but you, you haven't seen him as much. I mean, and even in the first beginning with uh, like the Avengers movie, that's where they first revealed Thanos as who is going to be the big bad. And then you kind of saw him appear in, in subsequent movies. And you don't, I haven't quite seen that yet, but you just kind of have to trust that somebody has a, in the whiteboard, somebody well, has a plan. Here's the thing. And, and, and here's my, here's my thought process on that. And I'll let you guys, you know, determine your own decision, you know, make your own opinions on this one. They Marvel doesn't like to rinse and repeat. Kevin Foggy does not like to rinse and repeat stuff. So why would he do the same kind of teaser that he has done for the originals? Two, they played it very safe. They were introducing, they were starting this from nobody has done anything like they had done before or what had, has done the, anything like what Marvel has done. They have, nobody's taken 22 movies right. and threaded them together and used a teaser at the end to set up all of these movies it's never been done before. Right. So they did a very comparatively a very safe way. Now that you know that now that you and I go to the movies, because there was what I, I can almost assume there's at least one uh, teaser at the end, possibly two. Uh, most of the people are going, okay, so there was two. So we know there was two. You and I already have that mentality now that we're going to the, see the movies and then we're going to, okay, we're going to stay for the credits because we know there's going to be other things. Well, so now that we have that expectation, right. how are they going to lead us while also engaging us to go see other movies? Well, the, the, other the problem, the problem is they've created they've created a bar that they can't always meet. OK, to use a sports analogy, why isn't LeBron James or why isn't Tom Brady the MVP every year? Because they're clearly the most for years, they've been the most valuable players on their team, but they people have gotten tired of it. Mm. They've gotten tired of seeing that. And so they, they get somebody else to be the MVP when when in reality, some years it should have been Brady, but they, you know, they gave it to someone else just because they were tired of Brady. And, but people just have to get used to that. You know, and then we're also coming off the pandemic and, you know, people aren't going to see movies the way they used to. They're going to um, they're going to Disney Plus. The MCU is moving Star Wars and Marvel to Disney Plus. Mm. So I think we're we're seeing that we're seeing that new model where it's not just movies that they're they're tying in all of the other things 
including, as we'll talk about in a second, Miss Marvel. Yeah. Um, you know, and and the other TV shows. Uh, and it's also getting know. really, really big. How many yes. soup? How many soups are out there actively right now? No, too many to count. Okay. So it's it, it's it's going to. Get, and now we're adding in multiverses. So not only are we going to have, you know, Captain Marvel A. We you know we have Captain Marvel. We'll have Captain Marvel A, B, C, and D. So well, and and it's it, Ms. Marvel is going to lead into the Marvels, which is yes. Captain Marvel Two. Yes, you know, so so there are some threads out there. It's just I think people just need to be patient and wait to see it. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to have there. I shouldn't say nobody. I think that a lot of people are, don't want the nuance and they don't want to wait. They're impatient and they don't want to they don't want to wait for something that might pay off seven movies down the road. Now, the Star Wars person in me right now is saying I, I, the payoffs haven't been good in Star Wars, like Book of Boba, which was legitimately Book of Boba. It was Mandalorian 2.5. Right. So I'm cautious there. As a Marvel person, I'm excited. Uh, I think I'm more patient because I know it's Kevin Foggy that's, that's doing this. This is Marvel and the payoffs have been pretty decent. Um, I also think nerd culture wise, we have been uber spoiled uh, to the time. Harley, you just turned 26. You dear, dear wee, wee baby, you know, I'm, I'm child of summer over here. Uh, there was a time when we got maybe one super movie a year, if we were lucky. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> so I have, one of my dear friends actually is was born in the 80s raised in the 80s and collects 80s figure like he like he actually does video work for um like night of the living dead like classic horror movies and stuff like that they just did a remake of it so he was on that and he was doing the video nice. editing for it but anyway he we were having a conversation and he told me he was like we didn't get animated specials we didn't get anything in the 80s he was like it was like a drop every like two years or something i was like i can't i can't even imagine that especially with the internet nowadays like even if it gets released in another country i can pirate it and watch it like it's not <laughs> i know i, I shouldn't it, be doing that i think the only 80s superhero movie or marvel one was howard the duck david you can vouch for that one for me Howard, because Howard the Duck was the only Marvel movie I swear they got released in the eighties. There was a Fantastic Four movie with. Uh, there was a Fantastic Four movie. There was Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk on TV. Um, there was a yeah. Nick Fury movie with David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. Oh my God! There was I forgot there was, there about was, that. It was just called was Fury. The, the The Punisher movie yeah. was in the eighties. Was it? Yeah, with Dolph Lundgren. Was it ladies? I think so. I, I, I'll I'll take your word on it. Right, but uh, the, I, you know, but you're you're right. There there is a lot more. Well, it's because there's money in it. That's oh, why no we're doubt. getting. That's why we're getting so much content now. Mm. And they're moving to Disney Plus because that's where the money is. Mm. The 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 money is in streaming services and streaming subscriptions. You know, Lord of the Rings is coming out on 
the rings of power is coming out on amazon mm. you know the the boys and all this other stuff is on netflix and their netflix is generating their own content because everybody's taking their content back to their own streaming services you know there's there's uh you know the Paramount invincibles Plus. on amazon prime yeah right and so you know as we talked we've talked about before movie theater the movie theater experience as fun and as valuable as it is is a dying breed it's 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 a dying medium because who wants to pay who wants to pay $12 for a ticket and then $5 for a thing of pop that you're going to drink half of or have to you drink it so much you have to get up halfway through the movie to go pee or I want to pay 6 bucks for a thing of popcorn the the home theater experience is where the money is and well, that's yeah, why a lot are, of that content is migrating to, to within three months. Aren't movies coming to like direct to like for straight up to digital download? Well, for a while there, everything that uh, in 2020 and maybe 2021, everything that came out on uh, all the Warner Brothers stuff came out on HBO plus or HBO Max the same day as it hit the theaters. Yeah. Like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. And Dune. And the, both of those were like big deal movies right there right because that's what that's that's where the money is i mean if, if you have to, and that's why there is more content because there is people people my age who are now in a position to be making this content whether it's it's marvel comics or you know bad gi joe movies or transformers or whatever people my age are now in a decision making who grew up with this are in a decision making and a funding setting and that's why all of this content is being made, because if you look at the people who are making Star Wars now, all of the people who are working on a Star Wars project, they were they were born in the 80s, or they were born in the early 90s, and they have grown up on it. Adam yeah. Savage, you know, worked for ILM for years, and he is a Star Wars child. He worked on the on the on the prequel trilogy. And so that's that's what's happening. Fans are making this now. Fans have are in a decision-making and in a production uh, uh, environment. You know, Bryce Dallas Howard grew up oh on my Star God, Wars. Yes. And, so, but, and so now she is making Star Wars. And so is Deborah Chow. And so is uh, uh, John Favreau. And so is Dave Filoni. Um, so but that's why that we're just goes to show, oh, sorry, I didn't- No, go ahead. Off, go ahead. I think that just goes to show the influence nerd culture has had on the mainstream media. Because even if you like, for me, like it used to be when I started in like 2014, like before cosplay was big, like I hate saying that, but before like Yaya Han was known for like, and had her own line of Joanne fabrics, like right. you would go to a fabric store like Joanne's and be like, they always ask you like, what are you making? And you'd be like, oh, I'm making a costume, but you'd be saying it in April and people would be looking at you like you had six heads. Now you can go to Michael's. There's an entire cosplay section. You can buy EBA foam, like right off the rack. You can like, they have specific paints and Dremels. Yes. Like yeah. I prime day, I bought myself a Dremel baby. <laughs> like that's my big thing. Yep. But, <laughs> Right. But and, and to go along with that, it's also the, it's also the Internet and it's YouTube. Yeah. Again, I, I, I'm older than you. I was born in the 70s. I grew up in the 80s and we did not have this in when I was in high school. We, the resource, number one, you know, if you talked about Star Trek or Star Wars at school, you're probably going to get stuffed in a locker unless you are big or burly or a black belt. But the, all, the other thing was, if you wanted to, to make a costume, you had to go to the movie and watch it. 
or you had to get the VHS and pause it and, and you know, it, on that crappy screen. Well, now it's all right there on 4K, right on your TV, on YouTube or on HBO Max or whatever. And then yeah. there's the indestructibles. There's a YouTube tutorial for everything, how to build a vac former, how to, you know, how to, how to rotocast uh, resin, all this other stuff that just didn't exist. If you wanted to make Stormtrooper armor in the 80s and in the 90s, you needed to know somebody who worked in an auto body shop and then had molds and then, you know, could make all that stuff. Well, now all that's there you, for prime day, uh, Steve, I'm sure you, I don't know if you haven't done this. I don't know why you haven't bought another 3d printer for uh, prime day. I, they have resin printers. They have resin I, printers I, as yes. part of the. I, so I actually donated uh, my 3d printer <laughs> to uh, one of the, uh, one of my local gaming stores, hobby shops. Because I one, I really don't have the space, nor do I have the time to learn it. And, you know, so I donated it to them. And so they take care of me if I need to. Um, actually, I was going to I'll get into that in a little bit. But right. But but 3D printing has democratized prop making oh, and yeah, cosplay absolutely. in a way that oh, yeah. hasn't existed because now that that the 3D printers that were 10 years ago, they, they were four or five thousand dollars. Now, now you can it, get them for like 200 bucks. Yes, you can get a good resin printer for under $500. Um, and you know, you could program an Arduino controller for for under $50 to do all of your lights and sounds and all this other stuff. Stuff that just didn't exist 10 years ago, 15 years ago or in my case, you know, 30 years ago. So, anyway, that's me on my no, soapbox. Well, no, no, no. I was it, it, you bring up an interesting point and this is a question I was trying to ask earlier. Um because we'll, we'll start with this Harley you know, like there is a generation gaps here, which is really neat because we're getting a lot of perspective. Um, yeah, do you really feel the de desire to go back to the theaters, or do you no. see? I really don't either. And well, for me, for me, so I've my entire life has my entire adult life has either been recession or crazy inflation. So it, it has yeah. never, uh, there has never been a point where I can rationalize spending, especially at the big name movie theaters. Like there's no way I can rationalize spending $25 on a ticket to watch a two hour long movie where I know I'm going to get hungry or thirsty and I'm going to spend money out the nose to get a drink if I don't sneak candy in. Yeah. But like, it doesn't make any sense for me to go back. And the closest, so I have a I have a local movie theater in my town, which is actually a really great, it's the Prospector Theater. They they work, they employ people with disabilities and they their entire goal is to help them create a, a life worth living and being able to support themselves. And nice. while I love that mission, they're like, even though their tickets are cheaper than an AMC or a Lowe's, like I just can't, right. it doesn't make any sense for me. Like there's so, nothing they can do to make it more special. I'd rather just sit on my couch in my pajamas. Let me ask you guys this. Do, do you feel then, because let's be honest here, malls are kind of going the way of the dodo bird. Sure. Do we see theaters doing that and like starting yes. to dwindle down? And like, was, was the pandemic the final nail in the coffin for mall or for uh, movie theaters? Yeah. I, I don't know that it's the final nail in the coffin. And I don't know that the pandemic didn't, caused the demise of movie theaters it accelerated it though that's oh that's what i mean yes i don't say it but i'm just like because yes <laughs> let's be honest here yeah they're expensive no. well, and then if, it's this if for steve for example if you and your family i know that you're the yeah. twins are too young we'll, to go to we'll say we'll all go yeah 
let's say all five of you decide to go see a movie. Yeah. And even if you pay for three kids tickets and two adults, tickets alone, you're $50 in. Yeah, probably. Right? Let's say even if I'm getting matinee, $60 you, a ticket. Yes. You're $50 into tickets alone. And yep. then you're buying overpriced popcorn. You're yep. buying overpriced pop. You're yep. buying overpriced whatever else, concessions, whatever else that you buy. And then if you've gone to dinner beforehand, that movie, you might have, your family might have $125 just in a two-hour movie that your kids are going to make you get up halfway through to go to the bathroom. Yeah, right? absolutely. Where at where, or your other option is to buy that on Disney Plus or buy that for $30, whatever that price point is. And then, like you said, watch that in your living room on the same day. You know, because Disney did that. They did that with Mulan. They did that with some of the other movie. The movies as an experiment was the same day it's in the theater. You could pay $30 to, to download it or to have yeah, it available to you. Um, yeah, right. so my fiance's sister, like we have Disney Plus because I watch Tangled like it's my job. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah, <laughs> for my birthday, my fiance got me a Funko Pop of Hunzi, and I was, I, I literally opened it and I cried. I was like, ah. But anyway, awesome. so that's that's the whole reason we got Disney Plus. But when Cru the live action Cruella movie came out, she was she texted us and she's like, "What's your Disney Plus login? I'm Venmoing you thirty dollars, and I want to watch it." And she lives in New York City, so it's not like she doesn't have access to movie theaters. It's right. just that she was just like, "I would infinitely rather stay home in my pajamas with yes. my cat yes. and just watch Cruella with my with my boyfriend." Sure, it was, it was not bad movie too. You like you it. but you you paid. You paid $30 to buy Cruella and you got it for six weeks or however long. You could watch it Forever. as many times as you wanted. Exactly. Even before it got released for free, right? Because after mm -hmm. whatever the time limit was, then everybody who has Disney Plus could watch it just like Mulan and just like the other things. And you could pause it in the middle because, you know, if you don't have kids, but if you, you know, if your kid had to go to the bathroom, uh, you know, you don't have to stop the movie or you don't have to miss a part. Uh, to do that. And that's that's what it's becoming. Now, I will also say that there is something to be said for the theater experience. Um, but what kind of movies are people still going to go see in a theater? They're going to go see the MCU movies. They're going to go see Star Wars. They're going to go see things that that where stuff blows up, you know, well, it's, 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 horror movies. Horror well, movies are also. Oh, my God. Anything theater. about horror movies. I was, but I was going to say Avatar, the new Avatar movies coming out. I do not have high hopes. They murdered the other one, and I do not have high hopes for this one. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I like the first one. I'm not a. I I didn't think it was bad, but I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm it was a total ripoff of like Fern Gully and uh, you know, Dances with Wolves. But I I I, I do enjoy the the ride though in Disney World. Oh my right. God, Fly to the Avatar. <sighs> right, but but that's but that experience. I mean, you go to a. The, the, a movie is valuable in a theater when you have, have that communal experience, whether mm. it's everyone in the theater being scared by the jump scare. You know, I, I, I've, I'm not a horror movie person, but, you know, people were talking about the, the, A Quiet Place, you know, with John Kaczynski and Emily Blunt, that to see that in a theater where so much of the movie is quiet and every time somebody goes into their popcorn you know, when everybody knows the monster could jump out at you if it hears noise, you know, that, that that's one thing. Or going to see a Star Wars movie and, and everybody cheering when the Death Star or the Star Killer base or whatever just blows up. 
I mean, so there, that's why a theater is good, but it is the theater experience has kind of priced everyone out. That's true. Um, yeah, and a lot of the theater experience that you're talking about is only good for the first like week the movie's out. Because then right. it's, then crowds just aren't there. So you're not getting, with the exception of maybe Marvel movies, that probably has the right. staying power of a couple of weeks. Mar, Mar, probably Marvel, um, maybe Star Wars. Not, Star Wars probably still does. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I'll tell you, my favorite movie experience was going to see the Star Wars special editions in 1997 when they released New Hope in the theater with the, with the special editions and the updates. And the theater was full of Star Wars people and everybody knew how it ended. But when Luke blows up the Death Star, everybody's cheering and getting high fives and all that other stuff. That is the theater experience. But like you were talking about, you know, I went to see Ghost, the new Ghostbusters movie in the theater, and there were five people there, including myself. <laughs> and so at that point, what's the what is the point of that experience if it's not going to be communal? Because now, you know, everybody has a 65 inch or 75 inch or whatever big screen TV with surround sound in their living room that I mean, you, you watching a movie on this is not a good experience. But if I can watch it in 4K in my living room, you know, what's the difference? It's true. That's true. So <laughs> that was so such a great tangent for a simple question of how was Thor Ragnarok <laughs> or Thor Love and Thunder? Yeah. But Love and Thunder is good. Uh, again, if as long as you like Taika Waititi movies, mm. if you don't like Taika Waititi movies, you will probably it probably gets old really fast. I am. I love Taika and I am excited because what we do in the shadows is coming back and I love that show. Love the movie. Um, so besides you know, doing that, have you been up to anything else? I'm, I'm almost cautious to ask that question. <laughs> nope. No? Just getting packed and getting ready for a Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser That's in three awesome. weeks. Woo! I am. Take lots of pictures and keep us updated. Good, sir, because I am adamantly <laughs> jealous. Um, Miss Harley, so it has been a little bit since it's been a couple episodes. We do this by episodes here that since you've been on. Um, what have you been up to, madam? So um, basically uh, work and more work. Mm -hmm. uh, so I work two jobs because one offers tuition reimbursement and the other one offers experience. So that's fun. Always but good. I got uh, some new cosplays. I got some new wigs, finally a wig i had on back order for six months finally showed up at my door so that was fun um so now i gotta style that um i'm guesting at a convention in august and i just got confirmed for a convention in september and i confirmed my airbnb for new york comic-con so that's gonna be fun i just have to build the rest of my cosplay <laughs> what, what costumes myself. Do you i'm do? like huh what costumes do you do um so i am Probably most well known for my steampunk Belle and my various versions of Harley Quinn, okay. um, hence the Harley and Harley Knox. Um, she is my favorite comic book character, and um, probably my Vault Dweller from Fallout. Okay. That's okay. probably my most popular cosplay. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's fun. I I did it back in 2013 i think i went with my son 
it was fun it was a blast it's really fun but it's also really crowded so be prepared and everything is crazy expensive okay so like you can bring in i think you can bring in sealed water bottles and they won't stop you if, if you have like granola bars in your backpack definitely consider that Okay. Even if you just bring like a refillable water bottle and it's empty when you get there and you just find a water fountain and just fill up, worth it. Because water is like $10. It's ridiculous. Okay. Good to know. Um, I have been super quiet over here because I have absolutely, I've been up to nothing nerdy wise the last, since our last episode. Um I did a lot of uh, traveling to Pennsylvania and back this weekend. It was, it was a dropping my son off. of so my son goes for the summer. He goes up to uh, Indiana to visit my mom because, you know, she lives up there and you know, she doesn't get to see him. And this is me getting to kick him out. It's great. Uh, <clears throat> so I drove up to Pennsylvania this weekend and then all the way, like almost to Ohio in this town, little town called Clarion, Pennsylvania. And I strongly recommend if you ever get the chance, if you're ever in Pennsylvania and you're like, hi, I need to stop somewhere random, this place. But I was awesome. actually born in Ohio. So I know how far that drive is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's far. So my parents live up by Lake Mish. So it's way, it's almost, oh, yeah. in, it's, it's in Illinois, almost Illinois. It's Chicagoland area. It's considered Chicagoland. So yep uh yeah it's 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 our halfway point and so driving like six and a half hours there and then fighting construction and traffic uh back it's like it took me we left at like five in the morning and we got home at eight o'clock the night before you did it in one day yeah i'm gangster like that i'm yeah you're insane yeah yeah well i had to work the next day so that's like, even worse You're yeah crazy, it's man. it and so and 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 that's that's why I, I apologize if i sound exhausted because i have literally been non-stop since then and because uh, how, even how old before is your that, son uh he's 11 he's 11 okay um as well as i'm giving up everything like caffeinated drinks or energy drinks i'm giving up energy drinks that aren't like i'll, I'll still drink coffee but anything that's not like pure black coffee, I don't, I'm, I'm not drinking it. So you're insane. I quite possibly am. And I survive on caffeine <laughs> and spite. That is literally how I exist. I, I thrive on uh, David's charming, like aura that he gives off. He's just, <laughs> he so smiles over there. So it just, <laughs> it just feeds me. No, it's, it's, I am, I am. I'm so I'm going through like, uh what's it called like, withdrawal yeah withdrawal is like hardcore so it it, it it sucks <laughs> it totally sucks but uh i drink way too many energy drinks and like way too many uh basically i'm drinking dang near two 16 ounce red bulls a day and it is a lot it is a lot but it it goes back to like my navy days when we would be, we would work long hours. We were working like in, in, in a 24 hour day, we're working 18 hour days and we would be doing this for 45 days straight. So I was chugging coffee left and right. Well, I get out of the Navy and I'm like, oh, I don't have to drink coffee. I can drink normal people drinks. 
So I started drinking Red Bull and replaced my Red Bulls. I'm like, oh, I don't have to drink six cups of coffee. I can have this Red Bull. And yeah, that it went the down the rabbit The only Red Bull I drink is in Red Bull and vodka, and that's it. Oh, I, I love sugar-free Red Bull. Love it. But so I'm giving it up. We'll see how this goes. Yes. Uh, so I, this, so, and, and I decided to time it perfectly with a 12 hour plus drive to Pennsylvania and back, but I did it. And I also stopped in this uh, little town in New York and had quite possibly some of the best cheesecake I think I've ever had in my entire life. It was so good. Um, little restaurant called the Yankee Clipper. It was awesome. Uh, so yeah, that is really all I've been up to. Um, oh, I will say this though. Um, for those of you who are in the Connecticut area, uh, every other Tuesday at, in Southington, there's a, or Plantsville, there's a restaurant called, uh, Fireside on Main where they do D and D. Uh, we've been, I went to it one time. Uh, we actually had Kate on the show and she, we were talking about it. Uh, I'm going to possibly be DMing to help out with them. So they, you know, they, one of the guys, James hit me up and he goes, Hey, you know, we need more DMS. I know you do it. Come play with us. So I said, yes. Uh, and I may be DMing for a bunch of people I've never met before next Tuesday. I'm very, I'm not going to say I'm nervous, but I'm cautious is the best way to put it. Like it's I not, believe in you. I know, but it's not, it's different from DMing for your friends. Like if David says, Hey, let's do a game. It's, it's it's I don't even think about it. I'm like yeah all right here we go I know how to do this it's it's so much different for a bunch of random people that I've never met and the fact that they're paying to be you know entertained it's 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 a little daunting are you getting paid I, I'm not at liberty to answer that question <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say if they're paying to be there you should be getting paid <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I may be making some profits off of that but i digress on that but i I'm, I'm doing it because i wanted to be excited and help them out because what they do over there it's it's really fun not only is the is it going to help out this local restaurant like we're putting butts in seats 30 plus people showed up at their last game so that's that's pretty impressive for three hour one shot and then you know they're it's helping out the uh, you know covetous imp gaming it's helping out the the uh the 3d printing company that works with them and i apologize because i can't remember the name right off the top of my head right now and you know it's it's just having fun so i'm excited i'm excited about that um also uh what else have, uh so um my one of my local gaming shops uh, the tabletop gaming center uh the people i donated the 3d printer to uh they're hooking me up with a Pathfinder Kobold, uh, who I'm naming Ubum, and which is UBBM. Now, for anybody who is a letter carrier or works for the United States Postal Service, they'll think that's absolutely freaking hilarious. It, it is a mailman joke, but this is going to be the mascot for my Monsters and Mailman group. And that's it's this so giant cute. blue Kobold with a spear, and I think it is absolutely cool. Totally say Google it up. And one last thing before we get into our episodes, because we've kind of been going on a little bit of a tangent here. Uh, I've got to give a huge shout out, <clears throat> excuse me, to my neighbor who knows I am a Jurassic Park fan and knows I haven't, still haven't seen Jurassic World. So don't judge me, David. Obviously, you're not a huge Jurassic I, Park well, fan. 
I had to go to Pennsylvania this weekend. All right, throw me a bone. It's been here. out for a month. I throw me. I, Obviously, you're, right. you you're got not me a before. huge Jurassic Park <laughs> fan. <laughs> but he brought me. He bought me a Funko Pop Mister DNA, and as a, like a little homage gift to me, and I, you know, super appreciate it. It's really awesome guy. Um, but on that note, let's get into tonight's episode. Uh, let's go ahead and let's talk about Miss Marvel. Uh, before we get into the show, let's I, I want to talk about who Miss Marvel is because there's a couple different versions of her out there. Uh, one of them is now Captain Marvel, which in the comics she started out as Miss Marvel but ended up taking over the role of Captain Marvel, uh, which came out in 1969. Uh, and then there have been this is the fourth uh reiteration of. Miss Marvel, uh, the first being Carol Danvers, and uh, the the latest is Kamala Khan. Uh, in in the comics, which came out, her first introduction, I believe, was yeah, it was 2013, 2014. Uh, she had the powers very similar to um, Mister Fantastic. She had very elastic powers. Um, which really what was really cool about her, and, and they do reiterate this into the show, is she's a Pakistani American and she's Muslim. So they broke the mold there pretty hardcore with uh, bringing her as a character. And it was, I, I believe it was the first, uh, no, because the Arabian Night was the first, but it was the first female uh, Pakistani. Uh, American character that has ever been put in. It is um, really neat because how they did that in the, the comic and they transferred it over to the show. In the show, she doesn't have the elastic key kind of power. She has more of like, oh, what's the best way to put it? She like bends energy. Is that like the best way to put it, David? Uh, yeah, she she generates light or solid light yes. and out of her hands, out of and through well, they in the show they it channels through the bangle, but then yes. they also reveal that the the power is in her is innate. Yes, and um, also in the comic she's an inhuman. She and, is, yes. and in the in the show she's a jinn, and because you know the inhumans kind of just faded away after their one season on TV. Um, <laughs> well, okay, I wouldn't say that for the most part. Yes, they faded away, and then they brought. Uh, Black Bolt back in, so may they may bring them back and like say, hey, we can fix well, this. Uh, appearing appearing in Multiverse of Madness isn't bringing them back. True, it, that was a that was a test balloon. It was a True. test balloon to see if people would accept John Krasinski as Mister Fantastic. True. I, I, all right, I'll give you that. So um, that because and that's not in the, the 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 prime MCU timeline. So I don't know that that's bringing them back, other than for nostalgia reasons or like i said or for the test balloon yeah um i like this show i think it's absolutely adorable um i i already know they said they're going to be bringing her back and forth into they're going to try to bring her into the mcu cinema and they're going to have her i believe come in into captain marvel 2 and but the show the show is it's not meant for adults. It's meant for kids. And as an introductory for them to, into, it's esque, introductory esque into, 
the MCU universe. Um, I like her as a character. I think she's very adorable. I'm we're what six episodes? Five. Five. Yes, tomorrow's right. Tomorrow's the, the next tomorrow's episode. The sixth. Right, yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. So it's it's neat. I very much like her. I think what she's doing is cool. I think that the whole you know, spoilers here, uh, that the gen are there to you know take over the world sort of it's it's a very simple villain and very easy to go with and yeah i, I mean i don't know what's your what's your opinion dave well I, just as a family sitcom if you take out the superhero parts of it the family sitcom part is great oh absolutely i, I didn't even think about talking about that yeah absolutely but, but you know the thing with the, they're bringing in children and that's it's aimed at a younger audience in the same way that Spider-Man is supposed to, because Spider-Man is a child. Mm. Spider-Man has always for a long time was a high school student. And that's, that's what, that's what the selling point was. Um, you know, I, I do, I thought it was very interesting that it talks about, you talk about her being a Pakistani uh, uh, family and they talk about the partition, which is something a lot of Americans don't know about mm. because it happened on the other side of the world. Um, you know, and it's always nice to see a show or a character where somebody looks like you. And for a lot of people, the, for the first time, if you're a young Muslim girl, if that's the first character, the first representation you see, um, you know, and, and Marvel has done that over the years as much as they could uh, in the comics, you know, and even though it's not a direct translation from the comics, it's you always have to accept the MCU version of a character as a separate entity from anything that came before because it exists solely within the MCU and it has its own continuity. And so, you know, I, I appreciate that. I think I like the way it's going. And if they can tie it into, into Captain Marvel 2, great, because that's the way it's going. That's, that's where it's leading to. Hmm. So, so, Harley, let me ask you this because you are younger. Um, even as your age now, or even as a younger girl, seeing a f young kid super like this, how would that have made you feel? And you know, how do you feel about it now? I mean, accessibility is really important, especially in nerd culture, because so much of nerd culture started with people who are able to do extraordinary things and were extraordinary people, like mm. Superman, for example, like literally an alien but he's chiseled he's he can fly he's got heat vision he's got like he's his only weakness is a is a crystal that is found in space like no mortal can hurt him basically so the fact that you know you have someone who is a minority in america who is now coming to the forefront in such a i guess you would say positive like obviously it's a positive light she's a superhero she does good that's the whole point but such a pronounced way I guess would especially on a on a platform like Disney plus that's not it's not a small platform Disney owns so much of the media world that it's not definitely not a small platform and having that platform suddenly open up the world I mean when I was younger and I watched like when I was younger and I watched Kim Possible, like on Disney Channel, I was like, I want to be her when I grow up, even though it's an animated show, like 
it was just like, oh my God, when I get to high school, I can be that cool. Granted, I was young, so I didn't know that high school was going to be an absolute shit show, but like, <laughs> but, um, spoilers, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but it was still something that I was like, okay, this girl is still awkward. Her best friend is a guy. I mean, my best friend for the last two decades basically has been a guy like, and everybody assumed we were always dating and I'm like, no, but like everyone assumes her and Ron are dating and that she's like, no. I mean, they do eventually date, like that's canon, but like it, it's still seeing someone that you can connect with that isn't perfect is so important. And like when I was younger, before I even knew what cosplay was, I was like, I want to be that person. Now that I know what cosplay is and I do it on a regular basis, I see someone I connect with and I'm like, that's going on my costume list because I just, it's so important to me for accessibility, especially when you have queer or minorities or disabled people or you know any kind of differently represented person that isn't someone that fits into the normal superhero stereotype is so important like I I really cannot emphasize how important it is right well that was that was why like a show like Star Trek was revolutionary for its time exactly in in the 60s because you have you have a black woman on the bridge, you have a Russian on the bridge, you have an Asian guy driving the ship, you have an alien in Spock, you know. And even though there's there's you know the the classic white guy is the captain of the ship, there it's it's everybody is on that is everybody is on the Enterprise, and that continues through through the X Men. I you know I think that's why a lot of people gravitated towards the X Men, because the X Men is an allegory. Mutant powers are an allegory for you know they they manifest during puberty when you know when people are just learning you know their bodies are changing and uh x-men is an allegory for being queer you know the legacy virus that came out in the 90s was aids for mutants um and so the x-men were also you you had you had storm you had forge who were black you had you know asian characters who you might not have seen before in addition to just the classic you know classic white people and then you have the beast get turned into this giant blue furry thing um and so to see you know, because in the 80s, I don't recall seeing a lot of, of brown people in leading roles, or if you had Asians, uh, they were either the awkward, nerdy stereotype guy, like in 16 Candles, or they were some, you know, hypersexualized woman, a uh, female character. Um, and just so to see characters like in Shang-Chi, Asian, that which has a predominantly Asian cast, and this cast, the cast of Miss Marvel is predominant, is almost entirely, you know, Pakistani uh, being played, you know, not by whitewashed characters. Um, and, and the other thing about Miss Marvel is she has everyday problems. You know, she's in conflict with her mother over generational things. Everybody, everybody can relate to that. I don't care what color your skin is or where you're from. Everybody can relate to that. Um, you know, and, and she, they have cult things that are very specific to the culture of their neighborhood uh, and the mosque that they go to. Uh, so that's very relatable. Um, but, you know, like Carly was talking about, representation is something that we have seen become more pronounced lately. And of course, there is an inevitable backlash because people complain about, you know, oh, wh why, do, why does the MCU have to be political? Why does when did Star Trek get woke or whatever? whatever <laughs> Star Trek has always been woke, and anybody yes. who doesn't know that 
has yes. never watched Star Trek. No, uh, Ted Cruz says he likes Star Trek. I don't understand how Ted Cruz could possibly like Star Trek. That doesn't work. Right. No, but Ted Cruz is a self-professed Trekkie. He says he likes Star Trek. I'm like, what about Star Trek does Ted Cruz like? They don't have money. They don't have poverty. They have universal health care. You know, that Star Trek Discovery is the queerest show on TV right now, right? Everybody, it seems like everybody on Discovery is queer, and it's great. Um, but, and, oh, oh, they, they didn't beat us over the head with this back then. Yeah, they did. And if you didn't, and if you didn't get it, you weren't paying attention. Uh, but yeah, I, it's, you know, just the representation, I think, is, is so important um, for kids to see and adults. So it was also nice to see how she fangirled in the show about a female superhero because she had got yes. this, you know, she was fangirling over Captain Marvel's costume when she went to the museum and everything or the expo and got to see all that stuff and that was cool that was nice um my my good friend jay who is palestinian american he was you know he's muslim he said the only thing he do he doesn't like about the show is that the mother never takes off her sandal and starts whacking kamala with it and <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, touche, well played. He's like, he's like, it's not completely accurate kind of show. I want that. Once they do that, then the show is is full blown accurate. I, I have nothing but good things to say, and I want. I can't wait to see further things they do because, like I said, it's we're only five episodes in. But right, they've well, done it's a lot. A, it's five out of six. Is it only um, six episodes? Yeah, I thought it was more than that. Uh, I thought they were doing. Uh, I digress. Well, so one of the things that we've talked about is, you know, th there's been this backlash against not only not only against MCU, but Star Wars. Yes. You know, because Star Wars has they in the pre sequel trilogy, they brought in some lead characters who were primarily women or primarily, um, you know, John Boyega or Kelly Marie Tran. And of course, then they got bullied off of social media uh, because of that. Um, so my question is, at, Harley, as, as a younger, I'm asking you to speak generationally for everyone your age, of course. So when you, when you see that, is that something that you think twice about, or is that just something that, that's people that you think generationally folks your age just accept? I mean, is that level of multiculturalism something that, that is, is new? Because it wasn't at my age. I mean, so here's the thing, like, I know in my social circle, seeing that kind of diversity, totally normal. Like it, we may not see it in our day-to-day -day lives, but I know like, I can't go to New York city and just see a white population. Like I've been to New York city. I live close enough. I've been there enough times that I have interacted with people of many different cultures and many different nationalities. So I'm familiar with that. So that doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me at all. What bothers me is when you see toxic fandoms like the Star Wars fandom or even the Marvel fandom or, you know, like anime fandoms, when they start bullying people off social media, like that's ridiculous. I know my social circle would be like, what, what are you even doing? Like, seriously, what, like, why are you hating on someone for being who they are or something they can't change? But I know that a lot of fans are just 
stuck in the way that they see the fandom and they're like I, this I can't see anything different and anything different is going against what I believe the fandom is and that's a problem I will... now, do, do you believe that would that's generational I mean I, I don't I don't know I mean because it seems like a lot of people my age I'm almost I'm turning 49 next month a lot of people my age just have this irrational hatred for the prequel trilogy in Star Wars and the sequel trilogy. Yeah, and so I just, I don't understand the hatred. Like I can dislike something and still not bully people over it. Like I just, I guess it's a generational thing because for my generation, like even Mark's generation, my fiance, like he's six years older than I am and he is in the same camp where it's like, you know, it doesn't make any sense to be bullying people over what they like. I mean, if you liked the live action Avatar, the last airbender movie, I'm going to judge you, but I'm not going to say like, <laughs> you're a horrible person and you deserve to be like taken off the face of the planet. Like that's not, I think you have a bad taste in movies, but I'm not going to say like, you deserve to be bullied off social media or you deserve to, you know, question your self-worth because of what you enjoy like that's ridiculous and I think most of my generation and even his generation is just like what like it doesn't make any sense I, so you, I agree with you, you and I dis I disagree with you in, in, in this sense I don't think it's fully your generation David I don't think it's your your generation is completely I'll shun the non-believer like this is my Star Wars everything else not my Star Wars I will say this though I feel like the way that because our generations, you know, have grown up with technology, we have a lot of computers and we've grown up with that tech. You do have that internet wall of like, no one can touch me. And that's the trolling world is definitely a thing. Uh, and and I, I'm not going to play the, it's the boomers, it's the Gen X, it's the millennials, it's the Gen Zs. But there is that technology like the, the 90s kids i'm gonna put it put this let's the, say the internet the has made kids. people braver than yes extremely extremely yeah. bold i would agree with that and so people don't feel worried about what they're gonna say and now now they're being called down on it too so there's there is a we'll call it a revolution of those being called out for what they're saying and it's the defense is it's it, you've had to find a way to counteract the toxicity and so fandoms are supporting each other the, the celebrities uh I, all the star trek guys were uh standing behind obi-wan they're saying hey this is a decent show why wouldn't you support her she's doing amazing things why are you going after uh you know rava well but it, it seems like there's a lot of coded racism and a coded misogyny and coded homophobia you know, the, the backlash is. against Moses Ingram as Reva was, oh, I don't hate her. I hate her character. Well, it's, that's bullshit. Yeah. You're you're calling out the only black woman for, you know, to be the only person answerable to bad writing on the Obi-Wan series and not anyone else for cheesy direction or cheesy writing or anything like hmm. that. It's the only person that they were picking on was was having to be the black woman. Um, well, I mean, the, the same goes for Doctor Who. Like Stephen Moffat, like ran that series into the ground. He has a good couple of episodes, but people would hate on, like Clara, or they would hate on Rose and or Martha, and just be like, "Well, they're not well written characters." I'm like, okay, so blame the writer. Don't blame the fact that 
Right. You know, there's a woman saying her lines and acting perfectly normal, like acting like a great actress. And she's just saying lines. I mean, like Stephen Moffat wrote the line, don't be lasagna in Doctor Who. Like, how do you excuse writing that bad? <laughs> and then blame it on the only female character in the series with a, with a leading role. Like how, like that doesn't make any sense, but I completely agree with you that people just latch onto the things that they don't like. Well, but it's 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 also that there are it's the vocal minority of people who are ruining it for everybody. Yes, that's and, and that's what I'm trying and, to was and, trying to come to. Right. It's, because there and is I, and I, that that's why the Star Wars sequel trilogy went bad after Last Jedi. And I've said this before, Last Jedi has problems, but they they pivoted away from Last Jedi because of fan backlash. And it wasn't everyone. It was a a bunch of loud mouths who got it, you know, who got right got the story that Ryan Johnson was trying to tell and sidetracked it. Now, again, the problem for the sequel trilogy in Star Wars is that they didn't make when they when they commissioned the three movies, they didn't have a whiteboard with a plan on it. And they admitted that. And if they'd had that, then they wouldn't have to have they wouldn't have to retcon Last Jedi out of existence. You know, and that's I think kind of why people are, are have been patient with the MCU in a way they aren't with other fandoms, because the demonstrated track record from the Hulk movie up through Endgame is that at least they pretend like they have a plan. And you know, and I think you know people are just kind of waiting for that to fall into place. Now along the way, as I've mentioned, you know they ma they've made all of these movies. They have they have a Black Panther was made with a primarily African-American cast by uh, an African-American director. And they made Shang-Chi with a primarily Asian cast and, a, you know, an Asian director, an Asian woman director. And, you know, same thing with, you know, Eternals. Eternals is the brownest MCU movie that there is because it's got all this diversity in it made by a Chinese woman. Um, you know, and Miss Marvel is the same way. It's made. I don't know if I don't know if the director, the showrunners are Pakistani, but I think they're Muslim. I'm pretty sure they're Muslim, and they're because they seem very, very in touch with the culture and the nuance of of how Pakistani American culture works. And they have a you know just the cast of Miss Marvel is fantastic. Um, and to see the that the cutest thing that I've heard about Miss Marvel is the actress who plays Kamala has actually like fangirled hard over the rest of the MCU cast. Like she is a nerd and she right. is just like on top of it. Like I think, I can't remember who she met, but she met them and she was like, oh my God, like I can't believe I'm meeting you. And they're like, I can't believe I'm meeting you. Like you're Kamala. And she was like, oh my God, wait, I am Kamala. <laughs> um, right. Just so I went and started looking up some of the the executive pro, uh, producers. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Sana Am Amanat uh, is the, the is a comic book ed editor. Uh, I believe he's the guy that actually came up with it. Uh, Adil and uh, I, I apologize if I'm screwing up these names. I truly do. Uh, Bilal uh, Fala uh, are, you know, the Moroccan descent. Uh, you've got uh, Bisha K. Ali. Uh, you're you're definitely getting some flavor there so right it's, well and it's it, it shows yeah. that they're paying attention yeah and i think that and i think that you don't see that in the past when you have you know ben kingsley playing gandhi 
Mm. It's showing. It really is showing. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. I hope the MCU continues and I hope Star Wars continues with with diversity because I think we all we all win when that happens. And then we all win when you when you see people of color and when you see queer people and when you see women in in positions in and lead positions that typically would have gone just to you know straight white guys. So I'm going to disagree with you just slightly on one thing about the doing it out of the goodness of their heart. And my own here and here's my 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 moment that I can give you, and it's going to spoil uh, the new Buzz Lightyear movie. But in the end of the Buzz Lightyear movie, the 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 girl that uh, Buzz Lightyear saves, uh, I can't, I don't know the names of the characters. I just happened to see this on TikTok, and he 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 saves her and he takes her to her home, and she says thank you, Buzz goes inside and there's a party and a girl comes up to her and they kiss it's her wife it is a it is it, it, there's there was no significance behind uh, that behind that scene other than it was it's okay to be queer and well, the, like they, the, they the question is and that the was the question goes, is huh. is let's shut the door are, are there two women in the version that they released in china that is a great question that i don't know the answer to Right. Because because in uh, uh, America, Chavez has two mothers in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You know, there there is a scene. Spoiler alert. There's a scene in Love and Thunder where Korg, who's made of rocks, Mm. he is talking to Valkyrie and talking about Valkyrie losing her lover, her female Mm. lover. And, you know, there's they they. They make her expressly bisexual, whereas it was kind of alluded to in Ragnarok. Um, Korg talks about having two that hit that the people of his race, when when two men love each other, they go under a volcano and they make it they make a new uh, they make a new uh, being. And so, I mean, but the question is whether they're doing that to pander. I don't know if we can definitely consider that pandering that like. Well, that, but that's a, but that's the other thing is it is represent the I I have a problem as an Asian person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I I wonder if that Asian character is there for representation or if it's there because of tokenism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's in the queer community, there's this huge thing about queer baiting where it's like a character is alluded to be gay or alluded to be bi or alluded to be a lesbian or anything like that, and then it's like ripped away at the last minute because we are so desperate for representation that we're willing to like sit through, like if the movie's two and a half hours long, we're willing to sit through a two hour movie if we think the character is queer only to have it ripped away at the last second. And I feel like a lot of like, like what you were saying, David, I think a lot of the reason that I have difficulty believing representation in mainstream media is because I don't know if it's whether it's to be there just for the sake of being there or if it's there because it's actual legitimate choice. And so that's why I prefer stuff like comics where it's like comics are pretty mainstream, but there's still a lot more leeway in comics versus a blockbuster movie, for example, where you've got a budget of $30 million, you know, a comic book, you can read an indie comic book and it can have all the representation in the world because there's no, you know, expectations for it. 
just like Harley Quinn, when she came out as bi, you know, you've got her, uh, her original relationship with the Joker. And then you've got her relationship with Malcolm when he, he threatens to hit her and she's like, oh no, you don't. And you see her arc, but then you see in the new HBO Max show, she is with Ivy and that's canon. Like she's been with Ivy in the comics. She's been with Ivy in the show. She's been with Ivy in video games. Like that's just the fact that she goes both ways is so like that. They didn't have to write her like that. They could have written her completely straight, but they were like, nope, Jewish doctor, psychiatrist, bisexual. We're going to make her queer as hell. And we're going to leave it at that. And I was like, part of the reason I love Harley Quinn. Do you think the Marvel universe has done that with Valkyrie or have we not? Okay. Because I mean, there is, I mean, in the Eternals, uh, there was, you know, the, the, the oh God, I am terrible with names tonight. Uh, what was the, the the character's name? Do you remember off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head. But yes, okay, yes. okay. Well, we we all knew who he, yes. he, he he was gay. Uh, Valkyrie is clearly you know is is lesbian. Um, is do you think we're getting representation for the LGBTQ community? Um. I, I don't want to say do, should there be more because there, there's always can be more, but is it being properly represented? Honestly, I don't think so because okay. it's it's once again it's going back to the queer baiting thing. Like unless it's explicitly stated, mm. a lot of times queer people are just making assumptions, and we hate doing that. Like it's not it's not like we want like everybody. You know, a lot of the people who are against the LGBTQ community are like, well, you know, if, you know, reading books about gay parents will turn your child gay or like seeing gay people on TV will turn your child gay. Like I am queer and I grew up on a straight diet of straight media. Like I watched Dirty Dancing like 30,000 times. Like I've watched every straight media known to mankind. And the minute I read about Harley Quinn and the fact that she was bisexual and I was like 12, I was like, oh my God, this is something that people do. This is not just, you know, so there's certain levels of representation, but like for Valkyrie, for example, like unless it's explicitly stated, you're kind of left in the dark and guessing, and then it's not really representation if you're guessing. It's not like, it's not like Kamala where you can say, okay, she's a Pakistani American. I know she's Muslim. That is representation to me. Otherwise it's just saying like, oh, she might be gay. Or she might be queer. Well, let me ask you this then, going back to the Eternals, because if without making it like it, it, without making it baiting, they just made it. He kissed his husband good, goodbye. He said he loved him, and they were you know they made it a not a big deal thing. Is that better representation or worse? Yeah. So I would I would hazard a guess and say it's better because it's the more normalized and less tokenized something is the better like like in the end of Buzz Lightyear like you said like just kissing his her wife you know hello I guess I don't know it was it was it was goodbye and she was happy to see her again I haven't seen the movie it was literally sent to me and they said hey check this out this is kind of neat and I was like oh that's cool um and I'm asking these questions because in and these are things I want to know because if I'm going to be honest, I am a straight white male. Like I am, 
<laughs> my demographic is absolutely covered, but I don't know these things. And that's why, you know, it's really why I wanted to have Liam Monique on here too, because I wanted to get like the full model. Like I, I have Asian American representation. I have LGBTQ representation here. Like I, I, I want to know what your guys' thoughts are because these are significant pen crucial moments in nerd culture for you guys and your upbringing and your, your lives. So I don't know. And I can only know through you guys, you know, you know? Yeah. So I am lucky enough to be a queer person in a straight passing relationship. So like mm-hmm. I went to pride this year in um, Middletown and I, I got a lot of weird looks because my partner is a straight white man and I am not <laughs> like I am I am white and that is about it so I got a lot of weird looks because he's walking around making sure I'm hydrated making sure I like my flag isn't falling off and you know I'm wearing my flag proudly and I'm still getting a lot of weird looks because they were like you know I get a lot of people making comments like you don't deserve to be a part of this community because you're not I'm queer, you're not queer enough mm. yeah exactly I'm not queer enough I'm like I'm non-binary I'm pansexual. Like, what more do you want? Like, I literally can't make up my mind about anything. Like, (laughs) so I just, you know, representation is so important, but it has to be not tokenized. It has to be normalized. So like in the Eternals, kissing your husband goodbye and saying that you love him, totally normal thing to do. You see it in straight movies all the time. But like the more representation like that is what we I mean, for me as a queer person, that is what I want. I want more normalized acceptance of, yeah, this is how relationships work. Or yeah, this is how, you know, same-sex relationships work. Or this is what a non-binary person looks like. There's a new show out on, oh God, I don't even know. But the main character is non-binary. Mm. And, and their best friend is a trans man. So, and it's a kid's show. It's an animated kid's show. And I can't, remember for the life of me what it's called or what streaming platform it's on but you also have shows like the owl house animated still like main character queer and the fact that they're putting these shows in the in the front forefront of kids view is so important because it shows them that they are not alone what i want is you want representation without tokenism and without fetishization yes because that's, that's the other thing wanna, that yeah. that's the other thing that you also see you know you, just, you again just to go back to the the typical asian stereotypes they're either the awkward nerd the doctor or they're the sexual hypersexualized character male or female and same thing i i think there's a lot of that in in uh in the queer community and in queer representation especially um, lesbians especially lesbians because yes. there's a lot of misconceptions about how straight men can just turn a lesbian straight and i'm like that's not how it works <laughs> oh darn what a shame right but but, 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 but that's but, but but like you were talking about the normalization i mean just the fact that in dr strange and the multiverse of madness they casually just they casually mention that america chavez has two moms and that's that's the end of it and she just wants to see her moms again um but that's that's kind of the tightrope you you walk in some of these some of these shows and in some of the the media is how do you get representation where that person someone's queerness or some person's race becomes a non-issue and the way science fiction kind of approaches that 
is through through allegory through by having an alien character that they have a character who you know you can you can have an basically an interracial relationship but instead of you know someone being you know a, a black man and a white woman or whatever it's with a, a non-human character and so that's kind of how the allegory comes about um you know the, there's that episode of deep star trek deep space nine rejoined where where dax the dax symbiote meets a former spouse and it's it's the first same-sex uh kiss on star trek and people were losing their shit over it you know because it was two women who were kissing and the, in the episode the way the episode was written nobody mentions that that dax and Khan, the the liana Khan, the 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 other the other host are two women it's the taboo of the two trill reconnecting with with a past partner um and that's how science fiction and that's how fantasy tells in an allegorical way some of these lessons about representation but then you know to but to see something that is main as mainstream as the mcu or as mainstream as star wars to have that kind of representation is important, um, you know. But like I said, you, you just hope that you see it without without tokenism, without stereotype, and you know, without without fetishization, um, you know. Because for a long time, you know, villains in Bond movies were played very effete. So it was, of course, you know, the 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 root the root cause of their evilness wasn't that they were a horrible human being; it was because they were a homosexual. And so, you know, that you'd hope that they kind of get away with that, um, you know, because that's not to say that a villain can't happen to be homosexual and be an evil person, but is that their identity? And that seems like in a lot of media, that's what it becomes. They're evil because they're Asian. They're evil because they're black. They're evil because they're because they're queer. Um, I think that's just a that's just a side effect of poor writing as well, because we've gotten so many writers have gotten so comfortable with that stereotype of just saying oh it's it's someone who's not publicly represented in any meaningful way so we can right. just write them off as a villain but that's poor writing and you know the fact i think one of the reasons i like doctor who so much is because bad people are bad it has nothing to do with you know but that has to do with the writing and you know Doctor Who has been around since 1960 something like it's been around for a long time and it's really changed with the times and you know the companion when we had the first female doctor I remember there were so many people being so, so pissy I was like come on I was like do you know how long as someone who's been a fan I've watched every single episode of Doctor Who that it's ever aired do you know how long I have been waiting for a female doctor like do you know how long and then the their doctor replacing her is black and and you know people were up in arms about that i'm like the doctor is literally an alien that reincarnates himself right. no, like, I'm, I'm, he can be literally anything he wants but yes we will definitely be bringing you back on to talk doctor who because i i love the doctor um honestly i love how we've where we've gotten to this point in this episode and i honestly think this would be a great spot to edit we have been or end it uh this is uh, you know, we've been going on for a good while. We've been going on for about an hour and a half and some change here, maybe a little <laughs> bit longer, uh, which is, this is normal tangenting time for us. Uh, but Harley, you know, it's, it, you've been on before, uh, but where can the good people out in the internet find you? 
So you can find me at Harley Knox Cosplay uh, on Facebook and Instagram and at Harley underscore Knox on Twitter. That is where I share my unhinged thoughts. So be prepared. <laughs> um, you can also find me at Harley Knox Cosplay on TikTok, but I very rarely post TikToks. And if I do, they're all like from chin up because I don't have very good filming skills. But uh, yeah, Harley Knox Cosplay pretty much on all social media. And I am going to be guessing at um mid hudson comic-con in august if you want to meet me it's in poughkeepsie Heck yeah is, is that nox with a k no it's n-o-x nox like the greek word for night Ooh, broody i love it <laughs> no i just i just have, i'm a night owl and i love harley quinn so i was like harley nox that works and then I like it just that. kind of i, I, like I created that. my brand when i was um i used to be a model for a cosplay company and they were like well you need a brand so we can tag you and stuff i was like okay so i came up with my brand name and it just stuck it's been six years I of love it. harley nox i love, I love okay. it okay awesome yeah so let's go ahead and let's wrap this up as always please like subscribe and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and if you are listening to us on apple or spotify please remember to rate and review we're also on instagram and facebook so please like and follow us at dna pod and on twitter at nerd dna pod and on our webpage nerddnapod.com i've been your host steve Pugh, and i've been joined by the adorable the ever so uh just man i i've got nothing to, i'm so beat. is a word that some Everest, people use to describe i love me. that I say impeccable I, one time just so people can drink. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to. Well, it's I'm, I like I said, I am so beat, but I digress. I have been joined by these amazing, spectacular, just all around swell people, David Perry and Harley Knox. They have like just gone through with this with me. And thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for listening tonight. Uh, thank you guys so much for being on. Awesome. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Thank you and good night. Impeccable. <laughs> drink. Everybody I drink. Try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> <laughs>